I love the talking guy show. I hear two guys talking. 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 Two guys talking are here. I hear two guys talking. Have you ever had the feeling of being watched? Hidden eyes following you? A cold chill crawling up your spine? The hairs on the back of your neck standing straight up? Do you know what that is? It's fear. It's fear. Fear is the most basic human emotion tied into our instinct to survive. Fear gives us the means to overcome great odds or cripple us with paralyzing dread. Dread. But fear can also entertain. (laughs) Turn off all the lights, lock your closet door, and ignore the sounds from beneath your bed. It's time for Two Guys Talking Horror. It's a genre that transcends age, sex, color, and culture. It can be found in literature, art, music, and film all over the world. Whether it's located in the blade of an all-too-real attacker, or the razor-clawed glove of a sadistic dream demon, the end result is the same. Horror. The mounting tension as we page through the newest Stephen King novel. Our grips tightening on the arms of our seats because we know a jump scare is imminent. The feeling of dread and anticipation we get from hearing two little notes. Knowing our hungry villain is near. Why does horror give us such a thrill? Why are so many fans torn between what makes up good horror and bad horror? Can one man's passion for the horror genre change the world's narrow perspective? Let's find out during the inaugural episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. Hello there, everybody. I'm your host, Nicholas J. Hearn. And I'm Mike Wilkerson, your co-host. Mike, I am thrilled to have you here for the beginning of what is sure to be an epic podcast of awesomeness. I'm scared to death. Not because <laughs> not because I'm not leading the podcast, but because uh, horror in general has always been kind of a, a weird animal for me personally. And I, I can't wait to glaze that perspective over what we're going to talk about tonight, which is your showcase of jumping into horror and sharing with people, no matter what genre or flavor it is, why you appreciate it. And I, I'm really proud to be able to sit with you inside of your first podcast. Well, I am hoping that maybe I can alleviate some of your concerns mm-hmm. about the horror genre. Not all horror is for everybody, of sure. course. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at how much great storytelling is hidden within some things you'd probably overlook. I can't wait to talk about it. And before we do that, let's jump into a little bit of housekeeping. Two Guys Talking Cars, Christine Perspective Review. Now, this was awesome. I I, I recently was able to listen to this, 
Mike uh, also uh, is one of the hosts over at uh, Two Guys Talking Cars. Mm -hmm. With my co-host, Ron Riling. And the two of them did an excellent job taking a look at a classic film based off of a Stephen King novel, mm -hmm. Christine. Mm -hmm. the, the, the two of them dive deep yeah. into what makes that movie more than just, uh, it's another horror movie done by John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. it, it's an actual car lover's wet dream, really, when you think about it. And I it's mean, been, that, yeah, that car, oh. Yeah, and it's been seen by way too few people. You, you you ask people, do you guys remember that movie, Christine? They'll go, is that the, is that the red car movie? I'm not sure I've seen that. Uh, mm. I've seen ads for it, something like that. And what a lot of people also forget is that John Carpenter actually directed that. Yeah. And that's where it starts to get really interesting because John Carpenter is one of my favorite filmmakers. He's always got his own flavor that's just ladled onto things that he makes. And th that one is a solid home run inside of uh, storytelling, but then also inside of absolute movie-making detail. Oh, yeah. And, and trust me, we're going to be delving into a lot of John Carpenter-esque stuff mm -hmm. in Two Guys Talking Horror. Yeah. I want to make sure that everybody goes and checks out the Two Guys Talking Cars Christine Perspective Review. Great stuff. The Versus Machine. The Shining. Double dose of Stephen King for you. Yeah. The, over at the Versus Machine, the guys uh, took uh, the classic book mm -hmm. by Stephen King, The Shining, mm -hmm. and compare it to the film adaptation uh, done beautifully by Mr. Jack Nicholson. A lot of people who are fans of the book, not big fans of the movie, and vice versa. Vice versa, right. Which actually leads to the title of the podcast. Oh, the, yeah. The Versus Machine in general is a comparison of great things. And what they traditionally do is they go and they take a big, fat, thick novel that nobody would ever want to read, or maybe you have read, and they compare it directly to something else that the media, a media outlet has given you. And in this case, it's the classic book, the novel, the Stephen King-based story versus the movie that was put out. Mm. And the differences are very, very stark. If you've only ever seen the movie, you're going to find out a lot of different things inside of the novel versus the movie. Huge um, the, differences. Yeah, make sure you go check that out over at versusmachine.com. But there will also be a link inside the show notes for this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror over at twoguystalkinghorror.com. Seems to me that there's a little bit of everything mm -hmm. for everybody here at the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network mm -hmm. and... Two Guys Talking Horror is just the next main course of goodness. So let's just jump right on in. What is Two Guys Talking Horror? Two Guys Talking Horror is an opportunity for me and my guests to sit down and really just dig into what makes up good horror, bad horror, and, and the the perspectives of other people, everybody has a different view on what's good and what's bad. And what's horror, really. And what's horror. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. A lot of different levels when it comes to what people consider horror. Sure. I would consider films like Silence of the Lambs and Seven mm -hmm. to be horror. horror. Mm -hmm. they're, sure. they're, they're in the horror genre. Mm -hmm. They slide right in there because of the horrific acts. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, you've also got other films like... The Birds and Psycho as classic horror films, but do they stand up to today's standards? Mm -hmm. A lot of people enjoy classics. Other people that, oh, it's an old movie. It's black and white. I ain't going to watch that. Mm -hmm. You're missing out if, if that's your mentality. Mm -hmm. I think the other really great piece of what you're building here, Nick, is that 
horror often delves into what is outright monster and creature stuff that a lot of people might not put inside the horror box. And I, I love that you're going to have the cone that we can now dump all those things into and share with an audience. It's, oh, yeah. It's really exciting. Just because it might come from beyond the stars doesn't mean that it's not horrific. Mm -hmm. Just because it might tower 15 stories tall doesn't mean that it doesn't fall within horror. Right. We're going to be jumping into a little bit of everything. <laughs> Why am I doing this you might ask or you might not but we're, <laughs> we're going to pretend that you did why am i doing this because wh why wouldn't i i have an opportunity to be able to talk about something that i'm extremely passionate about mm -hmm. with friends and and new acquaintances and people i've never met before it's all about dialogue it's mm -hmm. all about getting the other person's perspective oh yeah exchanging ideas mm -hmm. it also is all about leaving something behind mm -hmm. one day i will be gone i will be dust mm -hmm. but these podcasts will live on yeah very exciting and and this is if you are listening to this from the future <laughs> but another thing is is that horror it's ingrained in me mm -hmm. and i blame my mother I will blame my mother and and uh, hopefully i don't get hit the next time i i go home for the holidays my mother, when she found out that she was pregnant with me, decided, well, if I'm going to be a mom, I can't be afraid of these movies. I can't be afraid of certain things. I can't let my child see me be afraid of things. Mm -hmm. So she started watching more scary movies than she normally would because she had, she wanted to, to instill in her son not to be afraid. It's mm -hmm. only a movie. This stuff can't hurt you. I remember my the first horror film that she ever showed me was an american werewolf in london mm -hmm. absolute classic film oh yeah and the reason why she showed me that movie is because right around the same time the nickelodeon network had just come into existence mm -hmm. and one of the shows that they had on nickelodeon was called lights camera action, action. Mm -hmm. hosted by the late great leonard nimoy mm -hmm. where he actually took you on movie sets mm -hmm. And showed you how special effects were done. I remember it vividly. It, uh, one of the driving forces in just about anybody that is interested in the behind-the-scenes mm. pieces parts. And, and that, that another reason why I'm so obsessed with filmmaking is mm -hmm. that behind-the-scene aspect. Mm -hmm. And thanks to Leonard Nimoy, I learned that oh, I shouldn't be afraid of these things. Well, Leonard Nimoy wasn't there every single night to tuck me into bread and say, <laughs> don't be afraid of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because even though I know I shouldn't be afraid, I was still terrified oh yeah and I, I think a good healthy dose of fear is a good thing oh yeah i think definitely. It, it, it definitely helps propel a lot of the things that people do the two of us are sitting in front of microphones talking reasonably astutely and it's because we have some sort of history right in front of the microphone but a microphone sitting in front of one can be a horrific experience for many people oh a so, microphone being in front of an audience mm -hmm. Being in front of a camera, mm -hmm. uh, just talking to somebody for the first time that you've just met. Yeah. A, a horrifying experience. Yeah. Here inside the studio last week, we had a dude in that was the vice president of one of the largest insurance companies locally here in St. Louis. Uh -huh. And he has spoken to a crowd of a thousand. He's spoken to his entire company inside a Bush Stadium. Oh, wow. And you sit him in front of one of these microphones inside of our uh, immediately four-person studio and he doesn't turn into a, a bottle of goo, but mm -hmm. 
It was close. And later on inside of the experience, he got a lot more comfortable, but it took that time. Right. Because of that initial fear of sitting in front of a microphone, being able to hopefully say things that mattered when there wasn't really anybody sitting in front of him at all. <laughs> so, very interesting and horrific. Well, and, and that, that goes into another thing that I want to want to definitely dive into in Two Guys Talking Horror is getting over your mm-hmm. fears. Mm-hmm. Horror movies, for me personally, mm-hmm. face your fears to get over your fears. So you watch a lot of horror movies so that you're not afraid of horror movies. And as a child, I actually did have somebody with me to help me through that all the fear and terror that I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with a a product. It was called a My Pet Monster. No, I'm not familiar with that. What is that? Uh, My Pet Monster was a large plush toy Mm -hmm. that came out in the mid-80s, about 1986, Mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a monster. Mm -hmm. A big, ugly green nose with warts on it, big teeth hanging out of it, Mm -hmm. very furry horns Mm -hmm. coming out. Mm -hmm. And... He was my pet monster, your monster, and he's your friend, and you drag him around. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. Well, he was just the right size to where you'd be able to put your arms around, hold on to him, Mm -hmm. and watch scary movies. And that's exactly what I did as a child. Most of the time without my mother knowing that I'm doing it, of course. Mm -hmm. One of the great things about it is, is I still have my my pet monster. Harry. I named him Harry way Harry? back here. Of course Harry. you did. Oh, of course, because, you know, big fan of Harry and the Hendersons. What are you going to name <laughs> a big, giant, hairy creature? You're going to name him Harry. Sure. I actually still have Harry sitting in my basement by, right next to my workstation. Uh, he's a little beat up over the years. I mean, it, it, it did come out in 1986. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good that you have it, because just quick looking on eBay, I see one for almost 80 bucks. A uh, pristine, and that's a pristine one. Yeah. Mine, oh, poor Harry. He's missing his <laughs> left eye completely. He's missing the iris of his right eye, and the back of his right horn mm-hmm. is worn away because that's where I would chew and nibble, nibble on the back of his horn as I'm holding on to him as as the, the movie was getting creepier and creepier. Wow. And, and to still be able to have a piece of my childhood... And I get to see it every time I go down to work in the basement. Boom, there he is. Hey, Harry, what's up? Arr, keeping the monsters away, Nick. No problem. And it's it's things like that. I would really like to know. And this is a great opportunity to call to the audience. Mm-hmm. Do you still have or remember your childhood security blanket, mm-hmm. if you will? Mm-hmm. Did you have a My Pet Monster? Did you have something that was like a My Pet Monster? Let us know by going over to our website at twoguystalkinghorror.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side, fill out that little web form, and let me, let me know. Did you did you have a My Pet Monster? Do you still have a My Pet Monster? I would love to, to connect with a whole community of My Pet Monster lovers. The Benefit of Horror. Now, now you might think I'm, I'm a little crazy. Benefit of Horror? What could there be... Any kind of benefit for horror. A huge benefit, really. Think of think of all those public service announcements. Mm-hmm. Stranger danger. Don't take candy from stranger. Right. Don't do this or this is going to happen. That is the essence of what real horror is. It's taking, taking a situation like that, like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't talk to this guy, but oh, man, I'm lost and I'm all alone. 
Oh, no, and now I'm being tossed into a van. And, oh, no, I'm being tossed into a cellar. Oh, now I'm making shoes for this man. That's horror right there. I, ooh, I think I just wrote my next uh, <laughs> next bestseller. Uh, <laughs> uh, the benefit of horror is ba- it, it goes back to the old Grimm fairy tales, mm-hmm. which if anybody's ever read any of the original stuff, mm-hmm. not the watered-down stuff that Disney has produced over the years, mm-hmm. those Grimm fairy tales were brutal. Oh, yeah horrific stuff mm-hmm. I, I mean it wasn't oh oh my stepmother is so mean no no all those originals it was really parents they changed the ste- they changed parents into step parents because oh well a step parent is you can make them wicked no big deal you could never imagine an actual parent wanting to do something horrific to a child Oh, but it happens every day mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, there's a, that grim television show that's on that's taken a lot of glimmerings from those original stories mm. and then crafted them to be in front of a modern day television right. audience. You see that, but then also the being able to go back to now some of the blockbuster films that have come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I remember most recently was Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah. Red, Red, they Red did, Riding they Hood. They did a Red Riding oh, Hood one. They did, They've they gone did through a lot of several them. different Snow White movies. Yeah. Uh, the Huntsman's actually getting his own sequel. Yeah. It's, I don't it's, remember him being such a big uh, big deal in the original story, thing, but hey, it's th- Hollywood. Things change when you're Thor. <laughs> the, uh, the bottom line, though, is that it takes a lot of those very dark stories and knows that there is an audience that it can play to, especially now, especially after having been baptized inside of a television environment mm-hmm. to get ratings and details so that they can splash that into feature films and make that money. Oh, yeah. Feature films, television animation as well oh uh, yeah uh, the japanese is very well known for doing a lot of uh horror based mm-hmm. anime mm-hmm. which i i have experienced a little but not a lot and hopefully we're going to be able to be able to have somebody in on the show that could maybe point us in the right direction sure. some really great horror manga or, or horror anime stuff like that that that's another reason for this show mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about about getting all of the different perspectives from all of our future guests of Two Guys Talking Horror. We need to take a quick break and wash off some of our uh, uh, digging utensils. This, uh, this cemetery dirt is quite, quite sticky. And we'll be right back. Don't miss the review of HBO's True Blood during the Fangbanger podcast from Two Guys Talking. Great entertainment with real bite. Check it all out at fangbangerpodcast.com. What's your favorite kind of car? What color is it? Did it murder people? Don't miss the Two Guys Talking Cars perspective review of 1983's Christine, an original story by Stephen King adapted by John Carpenter. The roar of a V8. Running teenagers. Blood red asphalt. Only from twoguystalkingcars.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. 
perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. The Feedback Gauntlet. What podcast will offer you a hundred bucks cash to tell people what you think? There isn't another one out there. And it's time for you to tell us what you think right now. Check out twoguystalking.com forward slash gauntlet to jump into the Two Guys Talking Feedback Gauntlet. We're looking for feedback about any program we have on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Follow the short instructions at twoguystalking.com forward slash gauntlet and you're entered instantly for a hundred bucks cash. What's this? Cash? For telling people what you think? Yes, cash. For telling people what you think. Twoguystalking.com forward slash gauntlet. Blood. A dark passenger. Binding ties of clear plastic. They're not just hallmarks of the hit Showtime television program, Dexter. They're bullet points talked about each week on the Dexter podcast from Two Guys Talking. Don't miss out on killer dialogue that leaves you with a bloodlust for more. It's the Two Guys Talking Dexter podcast for Dexter fans. Find out more now at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two guystalking.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys Talking Horror. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Mike Wilkerson, and I'm about to broaden his mind. I cannot wait. <laughs> no, I'm serious. One of the, one of the funny things about horror, and, and wh- again, why I'm glad there's going to be this program on the network, is I like the feeling of being startled of things. Right. The anticipation of not being able to expect what's coming is the piece ah. that I think might might get me most of the time. Uh, there's also I don't have any problem with blood and guts and gore. I, I, I'm okay with most of that. It's way more about the psychological stuff that really gets me also. Mm-hmm. So when I think about a haunted house. We, the studio that we're recording in right now happens to be located in a house that was built in 1893. It's a, the former master house of a guy that owned a brewery that was two blocks away yeah. with all kinds of interesting tunnel entryways right outside the doors to where our bathroom is here inside the studio. Ooh. And the house is very classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is unlike anything that you can see anywhere else architecturally currently. You could never afford to build something like what we're in. It is also prime real estate for there being ghosts. Yes. And spirits and whatever the hell else is inside this building, mm-hmm. which I do believe are here, by the way. I just know that they're not evil and they're not bad and they're not going to influence us poorly. 
with that psychological piece of those spirits being here. Oh, that's on the yeah. table, dude. It's totally on the table. Knowing that there's something here that is watching you or can be watching you at any moment. It's when I walk out to my car every evening, whether you're with me or not, right. mostly not. There are two figures standing at the porch waiting for me to get into my car. On the on the second level? Yeah. On the, the, on not the, the second one, the third one up top. The third one up top. Third one up top. I can't quite... That balcony thing yeah. the area there. Very uh-huh. strange. Two. Very strange. Male, female? I, well, here's the, here's the best both? part. My, uh, my two guys talking MMA host, Jeremy, actually sees them. And he's the one that tells me about them. And this is where we get into that psychological piece. I walk out there and I'm ready to get my car and leave. Right. I get a text from Jeremy three or four minutes after he leaves here when I'm inside locking everything down that says, I saw the ghost again. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Thanks Jeremy. a lot. Now you know, so now, again, do it's, you want to walk out? Do you not want to walk I, out? I hope what I've been able to paint the picture of there is exactly, it's not a, I don't have that fear. It's that the hairs in the back of my neck and, and yeah. the, my spine that makes me realize that if I have to believe in that, then I can also believe in Wolverine claws that I have. So I'm absolutely <laughs> protected and I don't have to worry about it. But it's still there. Right. It's still there, that little... That little the little little dink <laughs> that happens as I open the door and then expect something to grab me behind from behind before I get into my car. Great, thanks a lot. Because now I'm going to be looking <laughs> up there every single time you certainly I get are. out of the car and every time I am about to get into the car. Just remember there's nothing really there. Asterisk. I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. And that's one of the things. Besides that, also in entertainment, in entertainment. I know that the blood and the gore and, and the, the, the stuff doesn't bother you that mm-hmm. much, but it has deterred you from watching certain things. Yes. Uh, uh, another great sample that we have talked about several times. Uh, I just finished the first season of The Walking Dead. And for those of you that are wondering, that's a series that came out three, four years ago? No, no. We're talking Six, five, seven years ago, about something? five and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Whenever it came out, 2015, right at Halloween. My dad came up for Halloween this year, and that was that weekend that we sat and watched the first series of episodes that make up season one of The Walking Dead. And he told me to watch it because, dot, 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 he said that it was full of rich character writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you, you got me. I'm ready. Let's watch. And I watched a couple, and I didn't have any red flags. Uh, I, more importantly, I didn't have the factor that gets me away from almost everything zombie. There is a film called Zombieland. Yep, Zombieland, yes. You and I have referred to this several times. And my wife and I sat down to watch Zombieland. And I love Woody Harrelson. You got me. It's a Hollywood blockbuster. Absolutely. Lots and lots of guns. You got me. <laughs> it's all there. There's a there's a recipe for awesome that's there. So my all wife right. and I sit down on the couch. We toss in the Blu-ray and we begin watching the movie. And within the first eight minutes, something happens three times, and it's where they are panning a camera, and they stop, and they have a zombie that is not yet facing you turn and go. Mm. And as they turn and do that, black ooze has to come out of their mouth. Okay. Mm. All right. So the first time, no problem. The second time, my wife and I look at each other, and then Tandem look back at the screen, And the third time it happened, we looked at each other and then needed to decide whether or not we were going to watch the rest because we're ready to turn it off. Right. That's what I don't want. I'm looking for something way more cerebral and 
and rich and and story ridden that gives me detail. That's not just a bunch of blah. The, right. the black ooze coming out of a zombie zombie mouth. pudding mouth. I'm, right. I'm yeah. pretty sure that if you open up a zombie mouth, nothing good comes out. Understood. Got it. Stop <laughs> showing it to me fifty times. Right. Yeah. And there and therein lies therein lies the problem. Some some interpretations of certain genres, like the zombie genre, mm-hmm. utilize the gore factor for entertainment. And that's fine. That's fine. If you like that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. The Walking Dead the was created by Robert Kirkman, mm-hmm. who is a huge fan of the George A. Romero zombie films, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, uh, and so on and so on. So there and and George A. Romero is notorious for telling a great story and oh look, there happens to be zombies. Mm-hmm. The zombies are the problem. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what we gotta get over, and let's have our story. Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about The Walking Dead is that it's it could be any disaster scenario. It just so happens to be this this worldwide pandemic of zombies. Yeah, yeah. That that additional flavor of there's something else added. Another great sample that I love to talk about is True Blood. Mm. Traditionally, I would avoid anything that is vampires, again, because most of the time it's about, look, there's some guy chewing on somebody's arm and they pan in close and the guy's maw is full of blood and he opens his mouth and more black, dark blood. Yeah. And there's way more to, at least the initial seasons of True Blood Mm -hmm. were way more than that. In fact, it would be, it's this wonderful story about a very, very micro town inside of Louisiana Mm. where there is a local diner and the diner has a variety of different people, personalities that are there and the personalities of the town. Oh, and by the way, there's some vampires (laughs) and then the relationships between the people inside the town and that, that additional, Oh yeah. Vampires are real. That, that has a lot of value for me because it becomes, it becomes a factor in storytelling as opposed to the thing. Oh yeah, and I'm not interested in the on the nose. Oh, that's the thing that the the additional piece inside of what's happening with Walking Dead is that it's it's a it's a circumstance inside of the survival situation. Mm-hmm. I'm a big survival person too. I, I enjoy most of the programs that are talking about some sort of survival. Right. I enjoy that because it's how if this were to happen, how could you live? Exactly. And yeah. I love that they've taken that into the into that series. <laughs> The scope of two guys talking horror. Now, I want everybody to understand one thing. Two guys talking horror is not going to focus on just new horror movies. No, no, no. no. I want to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go all the way back, 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 way back, 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 deep back. I want to talk about the 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 origins of the horror story mm-hmm. which gothic literature of the the 17 and 1800s mm-hmm. we're talking Mary Shelley we're talking Bram Stoker I want to talk about the the classic black and white horror films mm-hmm. legendary the, yeah Especially you, in our area. For those that don't know, uh, Vincent Price is actually from here. Oh, yes. Vin, the great mm-hmm. Vincent Price mm-hmm. is from the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has actually a nice little star on our downtown walk. Pseudo Hollywood yeah. fame, yeah. Uh-huh. The films, especially the, the early black and white films and the Technicolor films, those films may not, to some viewers, hold up to today's standards. Mm-hmm. I disagree. There are a lot of those classic films that you'll still feel that that 
grip of terror, the tension. Mm -hmm. They knew how to do tension back then. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's because they had no other device. There wasn't a way to go. They they didn't have the special effects that we have today. You also had devoutly different acting going on back then as well. Oh, yes, yes. I think what I'm really excited about with your program is that you're going to be able to dig into so much Mm. in the way of what was and what now is and the differences between all of those, especially with something like the, the upcoming Versus Machine style podcast where you're mm. taking one thing and comparing it with another. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also, I also want to focus a lot on uh, the slasher genre of mm-hmm. the, the 70s and 80s. Huge. It, it's, it was a big part of the American and world culture at one point mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it matters. It, a lot of people kind of uh, turn their nose up to it, yeah. but it does matter. And there's some really great storytelling and filmmaking in those in that genre yeah the other cool part of that is that the mechanics of those things that happened inside of the 70s and 80s slasher films is also what drives a lot of what happens inside of reality television mm. for the horror genre oh uh, yeah. just uh, recently there was a another podcast that i participated in called conspiracy agents mm-hmm. and inside of that they they did a very good dissection slash autopsy of a very unfortunately popular program that was over on over on a channel called destination america that focused on the local real life exorcist house that is also here inside of st louis Uh and what that what that program showcased essentially was a bunch of people from the south that come up to st louis and they put on a show for you where nothing happens. <laughs> and the reason that nothing happens is because it was so incredibly overproduced. You get to taste literally on the screen what happens inside of that program. And then that podcast, it's again, conspiracy agents that will link over to that program tells you exactly why that program failed because they were trying to leech in the beginnings of that seventies and eighties slasher fear mechanism but didn't establish it and then let people think. And every time you let people think more often than not is a giant red flag for that seventies and eighties horror piece. Yeah. Speaking of, of the, the lackluster presentation of what could have been something extremely creepy. I mean, it is the exorcist house. You also have to look at the genre as it is today, which we're not getting a lot of originality. No, we're getting more remakes and reboots Mm -hmm. And sadly, they're not standing up to their predecessors. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that we're going to be hitting a lot here on Two Guys Talking Horror. Because let me just explain one thing. Ten years ago, remakes and reboots, I was firmly against them. Mm -hmm. I I was like, what's the point? Sure, There is no point for doing this Mm -hmm. except you trying to make extra money. Over the years, I've become a little older, a little wiser, and I accept their existence, but I still don't like the fact that some filmmakers are <laughs> really don't care about the source material. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that'll be something else to look forward to in future episodes of Two Guys Talking Horror. Yeah, the collision of new horror, new reboot slash remake, and political correctness mm. is another giant red flag that will... Yes, the watering very, down of genres just to appease the masses. Yeah, that that can very easily destroy an entire reputation of not just a, a brand or a value-added piece of insert whatever the title of it is, but the entire genre can get watered down. Right. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's happening everywhere now. Action mm-hmm. films. I remember in the 80s, action film 
you're an R. It's, it's a hard can, R. Can you Boom. imagine if we could go back to 1984 and I tell James Cameron, James, did you know that in 2015 we'll see the sixth iteration of your Terminator franchise and it will be PG-13? I think he'd probably slap you. I, I'd at least get a slap. At, at least. At least get a slap. And I would have never thought that. Arnold coming back to do a true detailed look at what fits probably better than most of all the other sequels, except for two, mm. into the Terminator mythos as a PG-13 film, I would have never thought it. And, and that's another way that, that Hollywood and the studios are getting everybody. It's our theatrical version is going to be PG-13, mm -hmm. get all the butts in the seats. Mm -hmm. But then when we release it on DVD and Blu-ray, you can either buy the theatrical version or the unrated version, mm -hmm. which there's not that much difference in the yeah. unrated version. Well, what, what will also kill you is that not only will they have the version that you could get in the theater, mm. but then six months or 18 months later, you'll then get the director's cut. And they that do that with everything. Now. Sadly, R. horror movies, mm -hmm. action movies, mm -hmm. sci-fi movies, mm -hmm. Everything is like that now, and it's just come on, just just own up to it. Yeah. If you're gonna I, give me action, give me give me some hard action. Yeah. Give me an R. If you're gonna give me horror and it's a slasher movie, don't try to don't try to to, to panhandle to me and say, oh, it's PG thirteen, so everybody can enjoy it. No. Yeah. A slasher movie should not be PG thirteen. I can remember the first iteration of what was uh, another option. Available after the film came out, after the first DVD slash Blu-ray came out, was the X-Men 1.5 being made available. Yes. And X-Men 1.5 being made available gave you more stuff, but it wasn't, you know, if you didn't have it, it didn't really make a difference. Right. It wasn't more yeah. visceral. It didn't have more carnage or destruction for Wolverine. It had none of that. And not being able to to dig back in deep, especially to that very original core of something like Wolverine, where easily are mm, oh yeah very very difficult road. And when you try and uh, I remember the second film, the not quite going crazy mode. You, you just you, you can't paint what you saw inside of the pages of those original Wolverine going absolute batshit crazy right. violence mode. Uh, it, 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 it's impossible. To depict that inside of a, especially a PG-13 film. Well, ironically enough, we're talking about comic books and Marvel, but mm -hmm. let's let's slide over to the horror aspect of comic books and Marvel. New Line Cinema, before the X-Men came out, mm -hmm. New Line Cinema had the rights to do the Blade films. Mm. And those films were rated R. Mm -hmm. That first film was great. That second, no. I, I, I'm partial to the second film because mm -hmm. you've got Ron Perlman in it. I'm a big Ron Perlman sure. fan. You've got Norman Reedus, who is on The Walking Dead. He mm -hmm. plays uh, Daryl Dixon. Mm -hmm. And you're directed by Guillermo del Toro, mm -hmm. who is one of the great horror directors yeah. well, of our time. The, the things that you mentioned are what pulled the second one out of not being terrible. But the, that first Blade film was excellent. Yeah, because it, it, they respected the source material, and they made it R, and yeah. they stuck with it. And, and good, blunt, over-the-head R. Yes. That kind of source material, especially when it's a comic book, requires you to go to that core, and that's what a lot of is almost completely missing with Wolverine, mm. because Wolverine, unfortunately, is way more colored as that cartoon 
that appeared on Fox uh, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, it was on Fox in the nineties, and so that means that we have to go way more Technicolor than we do the original hardcore Berserker mode available inside of a screen that's capturing Wolverine. What does the future hold for two guys talking horror? Very exciting. Very exciting. We have a litany of ideas and <laughs> shows coming up. Yeah. So much to the point to where uh, we've we've actually divided them into different categories. Mm-hmm. Our straight up uh, conversational piece show uh, uh, is called Talk About Terrifying. It's where basically two or more people are just going to sit around and really dig deep into uh, things that might or might not be that terrifying. Mm-hmm. Then we've also got the versus machine style show where mm-hmm. we're actually going to take some original horror and look at a an adaptation and compare the two. Yeah, which are those are very educational. Be, yeah, those are going to be very exciting for people. Those are also going to be a great source of fan input for you and for you, the fan. Know that we want your input across all of this. Oh yes, but I guarantee you that those versus machine style programs, those are the ones that will generate the most feedback for you because you literally get to ask the questions. What did you think about this old stuff? And then what did you think about the new stuff that's been adapted based on it? Lots of fun. Very much. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love a good list podcast? Yeah, lists are great. Everybody loves lists. I don't Mm -hmm. know a person who doesn't love a good list. Yeah. And we are no different here at Two Guys Talking (laughs) Horror. We we are going to have lethal listings. Yeah, very exciting. But we're not doing the the, we're not doing ten. We Mm -hmm. we're not David Letterman personified the whole top ten list. We're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Our numbers are either going to be thirteen, unlucky thirteen, or seven for the seven deadly sins. I mean, it's as simple as that. You're either going to get thirteen or you're going to get seven. Uh, Long show, short show. Who knows? If you didn't know, also here on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network, a lot of perspective reviews mm-hmm. over some great films. Yeah, perspective reviews really give it's what two guys talking has really become known for. Mm. Nobody goes back and digs into movies that are 20, 30 years old. And the neat part about something like two guys talking horror is that we now have a platform, an appropriate platform. Ah, yes. But the audience is going to dig deep into some really great titles that you look at that are that old to talk about either the new the new relevatory tidbits that have come up or the feelings and perspectives that we all have about those old films. We definitely have a great list of upcoming horrifying perspectives. Mm -hmm. We're planning on doing a nightmare on Elm street. The original folks, Mm -hmm. the original Mm -hmm. definitely going to get into some sci-fi horror with alien and aliens. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. And because we actually know a guy who was in the film, we're going to do a perspective review of Predator 2. Yeah. yeah. And for those of you wondering, where's the Predator and the Predators? Well, we've already done those. That's the cool part. Already been done. Yeah, you can check out the links to both of those over at twoguystalking.com forward slash Predator. And actually, Predator is kind of a, a, an interesting story, too. That was our very first perspective review. Oh, yeah? We did that in year two of Two oh, Guys wow. Talking, which is now 12 years ago. And- it really was that funny because I, I, it's one of my favorite films. It, it's another of those films that if you're sitting on the couch flipping through and look, you're inside of minute 39 of Predator. You're, you're going to watch gonna the rest there. of it. Oh, That's yeah. right. And that, that really is, that was the precipitous for making something of a perspective review. Because if it can instantly drag your attention, why wouldn't it drag your attention again 
when you're getting extra information about not just what the what happened inside the film, maybe perhaps from the people that made the film, mm-hmm. but also perspectives of people that love the film. That's why those succeed and are still huge inside of our database of many Perspective Review podcasts. And that is something to look forward to because it, it's not going to change for us over here at Two Guys Talking Horror. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the same rich tapestry of edible goodness <laughs> from horror movies just like you get from the the action and adventure and mm-hmm. the sci-fi movies mm-hmm. that have already come before it. Yeah. You can check out all of those reviews over at PerspectiveReviews.com. Now we've talked about what you enjoy about horror. You enjoy the more cerebral stuff, Mike. I not really. Well, you, not you, really. you like it. You like it smart. I, I do like smart. You like I, it smart. I, I, I realize that horror jumps in very. I'm going to use the wide paintbrush, and I always get okay. smacked for it. But the, it, traditionally, it will jump into the bloody, scary jump theme. And that's not what I'm interested in at all inside of horror. So a really great sample is going to be John Carpenter's The Thing, which I realize is a remake of an original The Thing. Mm-hmm. But it is, the def- it is the definable moment where I can go, yeah, yes, give me more of that horror genre. Give- oh, that, that, is, that is definitive sci-fi horror. I yeah. mean, it's an alien but that movie is horrific. The the, oh, yeah. the the special effects at the especially the time that that movie was made. Yeah. The special effects for that movie were considered the greatest in all of cinema. Yeah. yeah and and it were. still holds it, up. It, it still holds up. It still it, holds up to this day. I, I just got the Blu-ray for that and the, oh. the features on that Blu-ray when we go ahead and do that perspective review. I can't wait to engage in that one because it is tremendous. Mm. That Blu-ray is the stuff that absolute fanboy podcaster guy is made of right it, the, the 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 details that you get both from the perspectives of the commentary that's listed inside of the the blu-ray but also just watching it and seeing the differences between i remember when i first had that very first vhs of the thing mm. versus what you can now see inside of the blu-ray for that movie yeah. are horrifying <sighs> it is exquisite and that story the storytelling and the beats inside of that film are probably some of the most extraordinary available inside the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- John Carpenter is a master of providing you with something off kilter. There's always something that just takes the pace of something and turns it on its edge. And it always works with him. Even that terrible movie, The Ghosts of Mars. Even that one Even has that one. several different moments. And it I think that one just didn't work for me because not only do you have to get past that you're on Mars, you have to get past that there are now zombies on Mars. <laughs> and that's when it it just got weird. It just got oh, weird. Yeah. That and Ice Cube. Well, yeah, then you gotta get past the fact that Ice Cube is on Mars <laughs> with Martian zombies. Yeah. <laughs> that movie took a lot to get to get past, but yeah. it did have moments. Yes. It did have Absolutely. moments. Absolutely. But and, and okay. So Mike is subjective where he likes his horror. We'll we'll just leave it at that. Me, I'm an all across the board. You are. I I enjoy a little bit of everything. I also am willing to expose <coughs> expose myself to horror that maybe I, I I'm not a fan of, just to get a perspective. I will take somebody's advice. If somebody says, hey, you need to watch such and such movie. Ah, I heard this, that, and the other thing. Uh, trust me, go ahead. Well, I'll trust them. 
and I might not like it, and I might punch the guy after I, I watch the movie and think, you don't know me at all, sir. But I will be, I, I always leave myself open to experiencing new things where the genre is yeah. concerned. Yeah, I, I think I'd put it in perspective like this. I, sir, will take my baby carrots, <laughs> my three-inch celery sticks of peanut butter in them, where you're going to take the whole vegetable plate. Fair? Oh, the vegetable plate and then the cheese platter next to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's great. Oh, this this is where we ask you, the audience, what is your favorite horror genre? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 is it about horror that you like? What's the specific thing? If you've got a specific thing, are you like me? Do you do you like the whole smorgasbord, <laughs> or are you like Mike? Where will you just take a crunchy, peanut butter and crun- crunchy crunchy peanut celery? Butter, the, right? oh, the crunchy peanut only butter crunchy on the peanut butter on the celery and baby carrots. That's it. <laughs> Go to our Twitter presence. Head on over to at two GT Horror and let us know what is your favorite aspect of horror. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this inaugural episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. I especially want to thank Mike for joining me. It's oh. it's it's good to actually have somebody to talk with. You're, you're so welcome. And again, I welcome your perspectives, mostly because it provides yet another flavor of ice cream inside of the cornucopia of mm. ice cream flavors over at twoguystalking.com. Uh, Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> mint chocolate chip. Ah, mint chocolate chip. I'll, I'll have to remember chip. that. Uh, <laughs> well, until next time, folks, I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your host. And I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your other hosts. And I want you all to remember, the scariest monsters are the ones that lurk within our souls. Congratulations. You've survived this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. We hope you were entertained and informed by our program. Take what you have learned and pass it on to your family and friends. It may just save their lives someday. Have questions? Comments? Suggestions for a future episode? Visit our website at twoguystalkinghorror.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side and fill out our short web form. It's the easiest way to interact with the hosts. Beware of monsters, creatures, and all things that go bump in the night. And keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's It's only a podcast. podcast.